really nice bloke, Steve Brass. It goes. Lovely chap. Yeah. Call, calling a man a nice chap must be the biggest insult to any football manager. <laughs> Not saying anything. Join in the obsession. Subscribe now at offtheball.com forward slash join. Rugby on Off The Ball. With Vodafone, main sponsor of the Irish rugby team. We all belong to the team of us. Um, hi Mick, how are you going? Um, can I just ask you firstly for an update on the guys who have injuries? Yeah, no problem. Good morning everyone. Um, so James Ryan is seeing a specialist um, and we are hoping for uh, better news than originally anticipated. Uh, Mac Hansen took a bang to his calf but is improving and both him and James Lowe are making good strides. Uh, Keith Earls and Robbie Henshaw are both in contention um, as they progress during the week. And apart from that, just some usual bumps and bruises after a physical test match. So, so generally more optimistic there, Mick. I suppose encouraging to, to have that history. Yeah, we won't we won't have a definitive on, on James obviously until after he sees the specialist. But certainly uh, there would be more uh, more optimism around James than probably what was originally anticipated. So just to confirm at this stage, no call ups, no one else being added to the squad. No call ups, no one added to the squad, and, and at this stage, no one ruled out for uh, the match against New Zealand on Saturday night. Thanks, Mary. Appreciate it. Thanks, Murray. Uh, Michael Glennon. How's it going, lads? Uh, Ronan, just tell me what it's like to be back out there contributing after a frustrating period, I guess, and, you know, how you're feeling in general in this really exciting time. Uh, yeah, it's great to be back out there. Um, I've been fortunate enough to get some time in each of the games so far, so I've been absolutely delighted with that. Um, and yeah, as far as contributing, it's been absolutely great. Uh, we've we've uh, felt we've been playing well, so it's just about keeping that momentum going forward. And yeah, we're happy with where we're at at the minute. You're part of the first generation of, of Irish players who have grown up or come onto the scene after Ireland had beaten the All Blacks for the first time. This, do you see them now, maybe you can remember back before 2016, but do you see them now as another team and not something that they had before, uh, this offer of invincibility? Uh, yeah, yeah, I suppose, but like obviously we know how good a team they are and um, particularly how good they play in big tournaments. Um, but yeah, obviously, like as you said, um, it's... I was obviously still in school in 2016 when uh, we beat them for the first time. Um, but yeah, uh, I think just looking forward to this weekend. Um, just we know it's going to be a massive challenge. It's going to be a huge test match, but one we're really looking forward to. Um, and yeah, that's all I can really say on that. One, right? Best of luck. Cheers. Thanks. Thanks, Sinead. Yeah, hi, um, Mick. Obviously, Joe Schmidt so successful with Ireland. You know, what's it going to be like now coming up against a you know a coach obviously with New Zealand that knows Ireland so well, knows Irish rugby so well. Yeah, it certainly adds uh, another dimension to it. Um, I've I've kind of maintained kind of very close relationship with Joe over the years, and uh, while we haven't been texting over the last uh, the last few days, I'm looking forward to catching up with him. Um, he was an amazing coach for Ireland for, for the years that he was involved and I think um, 
brought Ireland to to a new level when he took over in in 2013 and had some magnificent success, um, including a couple of wins against um, against uh, the All Blacks in Chicago and in, and in Dublin. So um, you know, there's a lot of I suppose talk about Joe knowing knowing players inside out and whatever. But to me, I think they're I think all teams know know each other so well. Um, that, that I don't necessarily think that that's any any great advantage. I think we obviously know New Zealand well, haven't played them uh, three times um, in in the Test series last July. So um, looking forward to it, um, and looking forward to to catching up with Joe. Thanks, uh, Ashwin. Thanks. Hi, Ronan. Um, just when you said there that you were still in school back in, in 2016 for the first All Blacks win, facing them in a quarterfinal of a World Cup, has it hit you yet that this is maybe stuff you, you dreamed about growing up? Uh, yeah, I suppose that is something you'd obviously dream about. Um, on the, I suppose on the big stage, um, be certainly uh, probably the biggest game of my career so far. But I think just as we've chatted to throughout the week, or sorry, throughout the last while with the lads, like it's just you have to take each game as it comes. You can't play the occasion. You just have to play the game in front of you. And for me personally, I just need to be treating it like another another test match. Um, just make sure I get across all my detail and preparation. Um, and if selected, make sure I'm able to do a job. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, sorry, if, if you're not asking a question, if you could go on mute, please, that'd be great. Um, Derek Foley? Hi, uh, Mick. Oops. Hi, Mick. Um, <clears throat> you've been through a couple of regimes now um, in terms of your, your position as manager since since you took over from the late Paul McNaughton. Um, Great man that he was. The, could you just tell us? And I, I'm not looking for the for the answer. Oh, everybody's happier now because I understand we've got a 17 match winning run going on. Could you just tell us a difference between Andy Farrell's regime and the regime Andy Farrell was in as an assistant coach? Could you tell us something tangible that maybe people back home, our two million television viewers, I keep talking about, can understand? Um, people have different ways of. Coaching, different ways of of managing people, different ways of managing organisations. Um, Declan Kidney uh, had had one way of doing it. Uh, Joe Schmidt had another way, and Andy had a had a different way. Um, I think probably um, one of one of the key differences I think really is that it's probably a more relaxed environment under Andy than it would have been under Joe. And that's not to say that the environment under Joe was in any way. Um, I think Andy has obviously introduced a lot of, um, I suppose, maybe softer skills, such as getting the families involved. Um, there's a lot of, I suppose, uh, downtime for, for players and players and staff. They're not always on, and maybe that has come about because of maybe the change of the environment from Carton House into the HPC in Dublin, where you don't feel that you're at work all day long from early morning to late in the evening. Uh, so that has, that has certainly helped as well. Um, but like ultimately, to me, I think environments are all about players, and environments are created by players as much as they're created by by management. I think it's it's uh, it's one in all, one in all in, and uh, certainly I think the players um, currently are they're they're an extremely happy bunch. But that comes, I suppose, with winning as well. But they they genuinely have huge respect for 
each other. They get on extremely well. They're, they're the tightest group that I would have uh, been involved in or would have witnessed or would have seen. Um, and that obviously helps as well. There's great friendships among uh, you know all 33 players. Uh, they're well able to have the fun. They're well able to enjoy their downtime. Um, and as I say, that's, that's probably... Um, I'm not saying it's, it's, it's hugely different, but certainly it's a little bit different to what it was maybe under, under Joe, where you know, when we were based in Carton House from 24-7, you, know, you felt, I suppose, that you were at work all the time. So it has been a very nice change-up. So uh, the environment around us has probably changed a little bit as well. And then the other thing I would say is that there's been a massive, I suppose, involvement um, with the families, not only uh, not only in France, but certainly right through for the last number of years since Andy took over, um, and you know at the moment families are are arriving in Saturday morning at the game here. They came in, they had lunch, uh, they met up with their with their with the, the the players. They enjoyed a few hours with them, uh, and that again I think has been a huge help to the environment, uh, just in terms of you know you, you can't be on all the time and, and having wives kids uh, partners around the place certainly has helped the players uh, relax and, and switch off for that time as well so really it's it's uh, we look at we look upon I suppose everything as, as a, a squad but we look upon the families as actually being part of the squad as well and the fact that I think that that takes you know a lot of I suppose stress out of from players because they're, they're not they're not kind of I suppose concerned and worried well how's my how's my wife or partner going to get to the hotel how's she going to get to the match how's she going to get the ticket Etc. Etc. So I say all part of the the mix. I think that has made this um, a really enjoyable and um, and great place to be. Thank you very much. Very Thank you. Thanks, Derek. Um, Rory O'Connor. Thanks, Peter. Hi, guys. Um, Mick, just to follow on from that, we we often focus on the changes and the differences between the different coaches. But how many of the, how much of the bedrocks of Ireland's success? And the fact that you're going into this game with such confidence is based on what Joe achieved. And how much did Andy actually keep in place as in terms of frameworks that he then was able to tweak from a very strict composition? Yeah, that's a really good question, Rory. Um, I think I think a lot, to be honest with you. And um, I think if you if you remember back um, initially when when Andy took over, uh, we didn't have Paul O'Connell involved at that stage. So uh, Paul came in, and uh, Paul probably was one of Joe's biggest fans. And I think as a coach. He's actually uh, learned a huge amount from Joe and he's, I think, put into practice a lot of the habits that Joe would have instilled into the team um, and even uses, I think, some of the language that Joe would have used as well. So I think that there has been a lot of what Joe did uh, in his period of time, I think we still use, but obviously with with the, you know Andy and his head coach and Mike Cat in as as the tax stroke backs coach, I think there's been a fair bit of, of of tweaking as well. We play a very different game to what we played under Joe. Uh, much more, I suppose, ball and hand focused and, and 15 man focused. Um, but but just to go back to the, the question, certainly um, Paul has, uh, you know, honestly, I would say brought a lot of what Joe brought to the team. And um, no doubt that we benefit from that uh, still. Thank you. Thanks, Rory. Um, I think is that you, Simon? There was your hand up. Sorry, I can't see the name. So uh, the gentleman in the in the red or orange top, if you could. Yeah, fire ahead. Yeah. Hi, whatever. It's a question for Ryan for Ryan Kelleher. Uh, the match against South Africa was a brutal one from the physical point of view. Okay, it was another knockout stage, but we were there. Which is the level of intensity of the match 
that uh, you you're, you're expecting against the Old Legs? Do you think it's going to be another level, a, a most important one? Uh, yeah, I think it'll probably be a similar level to the last two games we faced. Um, obviously, the last two games for us were crucial games in terms of the uh, where we finished up in the group and looking forward to the quarterfinal. But I think it'll definitely be a similar level of intensity now. Um, we're into quarterfinal rugby here now, so it's obviously do or die. Um, and yeah, uh, it'll be probably a similar level again to what we faced against South Africa and Scotland, I think. Yeah. Thank you, thank you very much. And uh, if there's no further questions, we will wrap it up there. Um, we'll close off this second. Peter, sorry, just maybe one, just on the timeline for James, is he seeing a specialist today? And when do you think you, you might know more? Yeah, he's seen the specialist today, so we should know. We should know more either later this evening, tomorrow morning, or tomorrow afternoon, or whatever. So uh, certainly within the next 24 hours, we should have a clearer picture on on where James is at.